We have had the opportunity to define what culinary literacy means in public library. And we define culinary literacy both as learning about cooking and learning through cooking. Both libraries and food are connectors. They really bring people together in this, this unique way. You know, food is a vehicle for learning, and libraries have these unique, unmatched opportunities for self-directed, lifelong learning. Welcome to FYI, the Public Libraries podcast. I'm Kathleen Hughes, Manager of Publications for the Public Library Association. Our guest today is Elizabeth Fitzgerald, Director of the Culinary Literacy Center at the Free Library of Philadelphia. This episode is brought to you by Unique Management Services. Unique is the worldwide leader in material recovery and patron communication solutions for public libraries, with a proven track record of professional and effective communication with library patrons. Sign up for your no-risk live chat trial today at uniquelibrary.com. Are the communication options on your website clunky and confined to library hours? Limited patron access and creating stress for your staff in the form of phone calls, email, and voicemail. Unique's fully managed live chat coverage makes virtual services snap for online patrons, providing easier access and reducing phone and email traffic. Turn your website into a true virtual branch with Unique Chat. Sign up for your no-risk trial today at uniquelibrary.com. That's uniquelibrary.com. Unique Patron Service Solutions. Virtual service solved. The Culinary Literacy Center is the first kitchen classroom in a public library in the United States. We're going to talk to Liz about the center and why culinary literacy is important. Welcome, Liz. Hi. Why don't you tell us a little bit about yourself and your background? I am the director of the Culinary Literacy Center here at the Free Library of Philadelphia, and I have now, I recently celebrated my 10-year anniversary here at the Free Library. Thank you. Before I was here in Philadelphia, I worked in the Ocean County Library System in New Jersey. I am a uh, graduate of grad school from Rutgers, and I did my underground at Loyola University in Maryland. And since I have been here at the Free Library, I have worked in a variety of capacities. I actually started in the cataloging department here, working in the rare book department. And then I needed public service. And so I went out to a neighborhood library in West Philadelphia as a children's librarian and the branch manager, and then um, worked at another branch before coming here to open the CLC. How did you become interested in culinary literacy? I have actually been, ever since I was a baby librarian, um, I have been doing what I now would call culinary literacy programming in public libraries. It just didn't have a, a formal name for it. It wasn't defined. I really love cooking uh, in my personal life. And so I've done a lot of public programming around food and around cooking. And so, you know, that, that really meant that I was doing, like, I did an Iron Chef competition for the teenagers when I was a teen services librarian. Um, I, when I was a children's librarian, it was gingerbread house making or, like, cookie decorating. A lot of things that librarians are doing in public libraries all the time. And, and then the center opened here. They built the space her beautiful million-dollar kitchen, and they put out a call for someone to open it and to help define what the program would look like. And I um, I remember sitting on the couch with my husband well past work hours, reading my work email and seeing that job opening come through. 
And I turned to him and I said, this is my job. I'm mm-hmm. going to go do this thing now. That's great. I was fortunate enough to have been given this opportunity to open the Culinary Literacy Center. So what is culinary literacy and why should public librarians care about it? We have had the opportunity to define what culinary literacy means in public library. And we define culinary literacy both as learning about cooking and learning through cooking. So when you're thinking about learning about cooking, it's learning everything from nutrition and health implications of the food that we eat to knife skills and how to make a soup with the leftovers that are in your fridge or how to butcher a hog. It's also learning about the the conditions that the people who are picking our food and raising our food are are experiencing. So it's a real wide range of learning about food and cooking. And then there really is, when you start to think of the learning through cooking, there's really no end to the things that you can learn through cooking. So you can learn reading, how to follow the sequential orders of a recipe. Um, It's also learning the names for the tools, for the ingredients, and it's more than just that basic definition of literacy. It's then it's math. You're scaling a recipe up or down. It's all the fractions that are involved with cooking and measuring. And it's science. So what happens to food when it goes into the oven uh, or into the freezer? It's the the culture behind the foods that we're eating, the history behind it. You can learn technology through food. It really is. It's pretty limitless. How did the Culinary Literacy Center come about? The Culinary Literacy Center was the grand idea of our president and director, Siobhan Reardon, and she is a real innovator in public libraries. And she had this idea as we were doing construction on the fourth floor of our central library. The kitchen was also being built at that time, and we we had a smaller kitchen space that caterers used because we do events and weddings here in the building. And... So the the center was built, the kitchen was built, and it's much bigger and much fancier than the old one. And when it was being built, she said that this space is not just for the caterers, for the people who are coming in for these events, but this should really be a space where we can serve our mission and where we can advance literacy through food and cooking. And what happens at the Culinary Literacy Center? Can you walk us through a typical day? I'm going to tell you what's been happening this month. So this month we wrapped on our school visit program, Nourishing Literacy. And I'd say we saw um, in the final like two or three weeks of school probably a dozen classrooms, that uh, classes that came to the center to participate in our Nourishing Literacy program. So it was everyone from preschoolers to sixth graders learning through hands-on cooking. This week we have... 60 high school culinary students who have taken over the whole fourth floor and they're doing a job training workshop with one of our partners, the Careers Through Culinary Arts Program. You know, they're here from nine to five and they're learning front of the house and back of the house. And then at the end of the week, they do job interviews and get placed in restaurants throughout the city for jobs for the rest of the summer. We have a class that is geared towards people with low vision. That class is called Cookability. And so we have um, about 25 adults who are blind, who are here um, learning how to cook a lasagna. Next week, we start our summer session of Edible Alphabet, our program for uh, English language learners. We do about 30 programs a month, so it's always very busy um, and very fun, and it smells delicious 
most days. How many staff are dedicated to the Culinary Literacy Center? We have seven people on staff now. It was just me in the beginning. We have three librarians, including myself, who are up there. Um, we have two program managers for two of our um, our bigger initiatives, our core programs. And then we have two people who are support staff who are um, helping us keep the kitchen working and our paperwork moving. Have there been any safety issues? It's really no more dangerous than doing something with like a stapler or a hot glue gun. It's a kitchen. So of course, people are going to get little nicks on occasion. We actually find that it's not the knives that cut people, it's the graters. And you can get like kind of a nasty um, knuckle Mm -hmm. thing. We really do believe in giving people the right tool for the job and teaching them how to use it the correct way. And so we give chef's knives to everyone that's basically 10 and up. Um, as long as they're comfortable with it. Do you um, ever focus on nutritional information? When we're talking about nutrition, it's never like a a top-down, finger-wagging approach to nutrition. It's really more integrated into what we're doing and and is more of meeting people where they are and teaching nutrition while we're teaching something else. The class that's happening right now, we have a, a registered dietitian who is co-teaching with our chef instructor. And what do you think is the most popular of the programs that you hold there? We think of our programming in sort of two different tracks. So we have programming that's open to the public that is everyone can come. Um, and then we have programs that are geared towards targeted populations that are exclusively for specific groups. So with our public programming, uh, we have a really great turnout when we get cookbook authors to come up here. We just had Ruth Reichel here not too long ago, and it was a pretty good turnout for that. Also, our cheese-making series has been selling out in hours. And not too long ago, there were some people who were perhaps scalping tickets on our Facebook page because it was sold out. It was really weird to see people like trying to sell one another tickets. We did a, a Vegans for Non-Vegans class, and that was also... Um, popular and sold out in a very short amount of time. Do you have any success stories you'd like to share? Do you know if the program has helped people to get jobs in restaurants? The young people who participate in this job training workshop, I think it's nearly everyone gets placed in a restaurant and some pretty high-end restaurants around Philadelphia. Last summer, there was a student who went through the job training program. Last year was his senior year in high school. He came to work at the Culinary Literacy Center for a part-time job. And he also had another part-time job working for a high-end catering company here in the city. And he went off to the Culinary Institute of America um, this past January. How can public libraries make the case for culinary literacy programming at their libraries? Both libraries and food are connectors. They really bring people together in this, this unique way. You know, food is a vehicle for learning, and libraries have these unique, unmatched opportunities for self-directed, lifelong learning. People have been doing culinary literacy programming in libraries for a long time. We say that we're the first culinary literacy center in in the library in the country, but we're not the first place to be doing this kind of programming. Um, We've just sort of given it an official definition and, and really thought about why 
we should be doing this in, in a space like a library where the kitchen is just another maker space. And it's an opportunity to engage patrons of all ages. We have classes for mothers and fathers of infants to talk about like baby food making. And we have programs that are geared towards seniors. And we see everyone in between those two age groups. The other thing that has been really interesting to note has been that um, for our evening, our public programs, more than half of the people who attend them are between the ages of 20 and 40. And that's traditionally a fairly hard demographic to um, get to come into libraries for programs. And so we're really connecting with this age group. And um, for some of them, it's the first time that they're coming into the library. I just think that this it just makes sense. Yes. So if a library is planning to start offering this type of programming, what are some organizations they might consider partnering with? I always recommend that people partner, um, reach out to grocery stores and hospitals. You know, oftentimes those two places have people on staff that are getting paid to do outreach. There's frequently registered dietitians who will come out and and teach classes. Also, I would recommend looking to um, any local nonprofits that work in the arena of food or um, anti-hunger initiatives. There are people who are out there who are doing this work that need to be able to connect with the public, and that's what public libraries have. We we have access to people who are a trusted uh, institution and the heart of the community, and so it, I think it makes us an ideal partner to work with. For a library that is never going to have the kitchen that you have. What is like one simple thing they can do to start offering culinary literacy programming? I do want to say that we do culinary literacy programming not only here in our central library. Last summer, we went to a the next library conference in Denmark and upon landing, built out a kitchen in a box wow. at the IKEA. So I would recommend that people start with a, a kitchen in a box model. And what that is, is we just have a giant Tupperware tub that we have an electric griddle and a blender and cutting boards and knives and mixing bowls and and a couple other things. And it fits in a box. It's small and it ranges in cost from around $100 to if you get like a really built out one that you can do basically anything, that higher end ends up being about $700. And we have Uh, created a toolkit that's on our website. It's right on our landing page. And if people are interested, the the list for what is in a kitchen in a box is in that toolkit. I've been fortunate enough to visit the Free Library and visit the Culinary Literacy Center. And it's really pretty amazing. Is it an option for librarians to visit the center if they're in town? Yes, I would love and I do love to have people from public libraries um, to come and visit. I would recommend reaching out before you show up so that we can be prepared. We can do a two-minute spiel or a two-hour spiel. A lot of the work that we do is telling other librarians and about the about what we are and how we built this space. I want other people to use us as the model for this type of programming. That, to me, is a real sign of success. Well, thank you so much for taking the time to share all this great information with us today. Uh, did you have anything else you'd like to tell our listeners? I would love to direct people to our website where you can not only find the toolkit, but also find more information about the work that we do. Our website is freelibrary.org slash cook. 
Thank you very much for joining us today. Our guest was Elizabeth Fitzgerald, Director of the Culinary Literacy Center at the Free Library of Philadelphia. Thank you so much, Kathleen. Thanks again to our sponsor, Unique Management Services, offering inbound phone and chat coverage to help libraries deliver outstanding virtual service to patrons. Sign up for your no-risk live chat trial today at uniquelibrary.com. That's uniquelibrary.com. Unique Patron Service Solutions. Virtual service solved. Listeners, be sure to check out all of our other FYI podcasts at www.publiclibrariesonline.org.